Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. You cannot go wrong with Neil Peart, can you? No, God rest his soul. The top three drummer of all time. I'll tell you one thing that would be great to listen to, if you can find it, and it is out there somewhere because I've heard it. They, I mean, all songs these days are tracked, and they have just a drum track of Neil Peart doing this song, and it is truly breathtaking. It is really unbelievable. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, it is dinner time. Where are you going? Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew is my recommendation. Best barbecue in town. Maybe one of the best restaurants, honestly, in the entire city. You can find them off of Pecos and 36. It's right when you're on 70 and then you head on up to... Uh, 36. You're going to love going there. Great smoked meats, uh, great non-barbecue options as well. Terry, you love going there as well. Yes, I do. Uh, you went there for the first time when we started doing the show, and then you went back again, so obviously you like it. I've sampled a lot of things there. I can. Well, I don't want to say I can tell, but uh, those buttons are getting tight. Yeah. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Training camp starts a week from today. Who would you call the incumbent at running back? Javante Williams. Or with a new coaching staff, there isn't an incumbent. I think they've got a default position going into camp that that Javante Williams is this is the number one guy. He's going to get the majority of the carries after he and after he and Melvin Gordon split them. Literally, one hundred percent, two hundred and three carries apiece. Split them last year. I'll tell you something. Uh, you joked about this at the top of the last hour, that when somebody makes a catch, pretty much every media member is going to go on Twitter and say, great catch. Wow, what a catch. I will tell you this. When they do seven on sevens or 11 on 11s for the first time, I can promise you this tweet is going to go out there. Ready for this? Yes. The tweet is going to be either A, Javante Williams is out there with the first team, or B, Melvin Gordon is out there with the first team. People will notice that because that is something to look for. Yes. Who is going to be the first running back on the field? But what if they're sharing time completely, including with the first unit? No, they will share time. I have no doubt. But who's first on the field? Does it li- you think it literally, I understand what you're saying. Are you saying we're looking for any scrap? Uh, the guy who takes the very first snaps with the first unit is going to be a big deal. Well, what should it be? Well, okay. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal when you have a coaching staff that has been there for a while. You brought in a guy to seriously challenge for a position, and the guy who was the starter last year is the first guy on the field. That, to me, is not that big of a deal. Because usually you're going to let veterans be the first guy on the mm-hmm. field. The incumbent will be the first guy on the field. But in this case, I don't know if there necessarily is an incumbent, and it's a new coaching staff. So to your point, so let's say for the sake of argument, sake of argument, 
the Broncos used, let's say they had the seventh pick in the draft, sake of argument, and that guy was a right tackle, all right? Right. And you have a bunch, and you have a guy who came back from last year, but the reason why they drafted the guy seventh overall was to replace this guy. That rookie will not be the first guy on the field. No. Under any circumstances. Now, you expect him to be the starter. You expect him to be Eventually, the starter. Eventually, he, pl- he will be plugged in as the starter. At the beginning of the season. So when if somebody tweets out, well, player X, who was the seventh overall pick in the draft, is not out there with the first team, that's, that's silly. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I would agree. But in this case, with a new coaching staff and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon coming back, I think there's a little bit more to it in this particular case and in this particular case only. So you're saying at the very the first time they do a anything remotely resembling yeah, a, football. a play. Yeah, 11 on 11. 11 on 11, the first running back on the field. That will be a big deal. I I Will it be a big deal? No, listen, my, my life's not going to change because of it. But I think it's an indication of who the coaching staff believes should be the starting running back. Yes, I do believe that. I think they have their... I think they have their default position already going into camp. Don't you think so? Well, I'll be honest. I mean, I know with it's you. a new staff. Mm-hmm. They will want to say, "Prove it to me. Show me. Show me what you got." Right. I think they have their their default position going into camp, and it's Javante Williams, and that they will adjust given little things like health and everything else, and and how hard they work in camp. That does still enter into it a little bit. It's not. It's not a quote a race for the number one job necessarily in camp anymore. And I think that's one of the points you're making is that you can't really have competitions in camp as much. Not at the running back position. You can't because you're really not hitting these running backs. Think about this for a second. What does Javante Williams do best break tackles and no one's going to really try and tackle him. So how are you going to know if you're taking away his best trick and you can't see it at all in training camp, then how do you truly evaluate? Well, and Melvin Gordon isn't blocking to protect the passer, really blocking to protect the passer either. No. So, personally, do I think it should be Javante Williams first on the field? I do. But it's for a very different reason than everybody else. Everyone else will say, because he should be the starting running back, he should get the majority of the carries, he is younger, and he's the better running back. That's that's but what the narrative. Other will be. than that, there's no reason to give him the bulk of the carries. Well, I'm he, being sarcastic, right? But that's what everybody will say. That's why he should be the first one on the field. That's not why I think he should be the first one on the field. I think he should be the first one on the field because Melvin Gordon didn't show up for voluntary camps, mm-hmm. and he probably doesn't know the playbook like Javante Williams. Javante Williams showed up, and he should be rewarded for that. Melvin Gordon it didn't really get much interest from anybody. I don't know what kind of offers he got. Clearly, he didn't get an offer that he liked because he'd be with another team right now. But you have a veteran who already has an inferiority complex when he's in a room with another young running back. Look what happened with Philip Lindsay. He was, I don't want to say he was jealous of Philip Lindsay, but when he got pulled over for drunk driving on a police tape, he was talking about. Philip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Point is, he had no business not being there. And I understand he's a veteran and maybe he doesn't need as much camp as Javante Williams. I'm not going to argue that. But just for the optics of it, 
and he decided not to show up, and it's a new coaching staff, new offensive system, new quarterback, he should have been there. And I'm not saying punish him, but I am saying you weren't there and you should not be the first guy on the field. Should that matter in mid-August? If if Melvin Gordon is playing better than Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon should be the guy. Correct. Yes. Right. I agree with you. I'm going to be fair about it. So how long should you hold it against Melvin Gordon that he didn't come? That first time on the field. And let's see how well he knows the playbook. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think most would agree. I think... Almost any NFL analyst would argue that you'd rather have Javante Williams on the field more than Melvin Gordon. But if we're being completely honest here, the problem for Javante Williams is, and you and I have talked about it, his greatest strength eventually is going to become his Achilles heel. He's great at breaking tackles, but the problem is breaking tackles is code for you're getting hit a lot. And you only have so much tread on the tire. And the more you get hit, eventually... Your shelf life is eventually going to expire. I also, but I love running backs who deliver preemptive hits. I love it too. Walter Payton, but Walter Payton was maybe the best at it. But Walter Payton was a freak of nature. Derrick Henry is a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of guys you can say are freaks of nature. Javante Williams hasn't shown any injury history. If he does, then maybe you look at that. Derrick Henry finally broke down last year. They're playing the playoffs. But he finally broke down. So, all right, coming up after the break. We talked about this at the top of the show. Want to get back into this again. Altitude and Comcast did not work out an agreement during mediation. What does this mean? And what kind of PR battle is Altitude trying to jam down our throat? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, smileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I love telling you about my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with him for many years. Um, He has done my auto, my home, my health insurance. And I got to tell you something. I love working with people who treat me like I am their only client. You have a guy in Eric Cook who returns phone calls immediately emails immediately he's on top of everything it's as if i am the only guy that he works with he checks in with you once a year to make sure you have the coverage that you need he just took care of mandy's auto and home and she was way undercover i'm so glad eric and mandy are now working together this guy is absolutely the best this is not hyperbole if you are looking for any type of insurance You really need to work with Eric. And oh, by the way, farmers insurance agents, generally speaking, most don't do 
health insurance. He does. So he is literally one-stop shopping. I cannot say enough good things about Eric. Just get a quote from him and see what I'm talking about, how responsive he is. And he has a team of over 70 years of experience. So he's got a great staff that he works with. Call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Well, it looks like the mediation between Altitude and Comcast did not work out as Altitude released this statement today. Altitude Sports is urging Comcast to put customers throughout the Rocky Mountain region first. After failing to reach a resolution through mediation for the past three years, thousands of fans throughout the Rocky Mountain region have been deprived the joy of watching historic individual achievements like Jokic and championship runs like the Colorado Avalanche. Altitude remains committed to exploring all avenues to return the network to Comcast. With that in mind, Altitude is offering to match the same pricing terms and distribution model Comcast has provided to AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain, the television home of the Rockies. AT&T Sportsnet Rocky Mountain has been carried without interruption by Comcast. Comcast is paying AT&T Sportsnet for that cover, for that carriage. They... The people here involved in Altitude have been fine with the misconception that this involves how much Kronk KSE and Altitude pays Comcast, when in fact it's the other way around. This has been all part of... Wait, because you're breaking news certainly to me. You're saying Comcast pays AT&T Sportsnet? Yes. Why? Isn't it the other way around? No. Shouldn't it be the other way around? It probably should be. But why does AT&T Sportsnet pay? Because they're okay. they're acquiring, they're acquiring events and entertainment outlets for their customers. I'm I'm confused unless I'm not hearing you correctly. Altitude would be, Altitude would be paying Comcast, correct? Comcast pays Altitude. Comcast pays Altitude. Yes. Okay. All right. I, I was confused for a second. So, and the altitude has been taking the position that that uh, in this modern marketplace, the the offer was insulting, and that Matt Hutchings used the Matt Hutchings used the example of the hamburger that they were being they were being given not enough money to cover the expenses, right? And so that it, this goes back to how much Comcast will pay altitude and KSE for the right to c- carry the games. The problem is we don't know what the deal is between AT&T Sportsnet and Comcast. Well, yeah, because Comcast and Altitude, the involvement is with four different teams, not just one, right. the Rockies. So they don't outline any terms of the of the offer or, or the model that they have with AT&T Sportsnet. So this is really pretty much meaningless. So you're saying Com- AT&T Sportsnet gets paid by Comcast. Yes. But they pay them for just one team. Right. So let's say it's 70 cents. But if, it's kind of like buying apples. One apple is going to be less than four, four, three, four apples. Yeah, right? that, that's. That, or you better say hamburgers because that's my match. E- e- either, either way, it's going to cost more for four hamburgers than it is for one hamburger, but they want to pay for one hamburger instead of 
paying for I guess Florida. you could put it that way. Is that one? Okay. All right. L- let me use a real estate analogy when it comes to this particular situation. Um, I used to have my license and I used to say to clients all the time, negotiations, Terry, are never about money. What are they about? I'm being serious. What are they about? They're about leverage. They're never about money. They're always about leverage. When what would Stan Kroenke do to a hostage? He would shoot the hostage. He would tell the person to shoot the hostage. I, I just love it when you say that. I know. Well, it's true. Point is, this is what I mean by leverage when it comes to the real estate world. If you have a house, your house is perfectly comped at $500,000, perfectly comped. You have three houses in the neighborhood that have all sold for $500,000 within the last two months. You have a perfect comp, apples to apples, square footage, stainless steel appliances. It's a perfect comp at $500,000. So your house should sell at $500,000. This is what I mean by leverage. You're the owner of that house and you've bought another house, but you haven't sold your house that you're selling for $500,000. You're paying two mortgages. And after month one, you still don't sell your house. And let's say your mortgage on the house you haven't sold is $3,000. You really want to sell that house pretty quickly. So you're willing to take less than 5,000. That's leverage. Your leverage, you're losing your leverage because now you're going up to month. Hold on, let me finish. So now you're going up to month two. You still haven't sold your house. You're not going to lower your price because you know that's the exact comp. And now you're ready to be $6,000 in. So you are more of a hurry to sell your house even at four ninety. So how does this apply to this? How does this apply to this? Number one, I don't think a lot of people are leaving Comcast. That's number one. And secondly, um, people can find a way to pirate the games. I mean, that's not that hard to do. People have been doing it for a long time, for three years, really. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to switch to Comcast? Why, why buy the cow when I can get the milk for free? There are some fans and viewers who who consider the ex- the experience of having the games right there on front, in front of you, and you can hit the remote control and have the game on to be far superior than the hassle you have to go through. Right, to but get, if we're to being get honest, the pirated means of the broadcast. I used to have I used to have Directv, and I currently have Comcast. I cannot get Directv or Dish because I live in a townhome, and because of the HOA, I cannot put up a satellite dish. So I'm stuck with Comcast no matter what. That's nothing that I can control. My point in saying this is this. Comcast has leverage, a lot of it, because people aren't leaving. Let me finish, please. People aren't calling, people aren't leaving, and they can find ways to get games. Would you call that they have leverage? They have no real reason to take less or give? Probably not. Now, so they have a lot of leverage. Then you have Stan Kroenke. His teams have never been in a better position just won a Stanley Cup. Jokic is a two-time MVP. The Mammoth just won a title. My point is, the value of his product has never been higher. So why should he, I'm talking about leverage, why should he sell his product for less when the value has never been higher? Now, what you're going to say is, because it's for the fans. Forget about that. It's about let's not conflate the two it's about leverage and that's just disgusting it's just disgusting but that's that those are negotiations He's flipping off the fans with that attitude that's right but at the end of the day this is a business negotiation for him it's not about the fans his leverage should be a way finding a way 
to take as much as get as much as you can from Comcast, move forward from there, treat it as a loss leader, whether it's a negatively, whether it's a negative cash flow or not, plus or minus. That's that's neither here nor there. But it's it's getting what you can for it, considering it a way to get your product in front of the fans. You were in Chicago. What did it do to the Blackhawks all those years? They weren't on. They weren't on tell. They were on pay television. They were on pay television, mm-hmm. and they didn't air any of the home games. The Blackhawks fans were furious. But how at, much at the money? Family. How much money has Stan Kroenke in, in altitude gotten the last three years from Comcast? But on, okay, zero. The, what, what? How is that? How is well, that? Well, no, they've, they've, they've made money. They've just lost with the Comcast, Comcast stuff. Uh, please don't take what I'm about to say as being condescending when it comes to business. You're saying I'm a, I'm a writer and I don't understand business. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying please just listen to what I'm saying. Never, ever mix your emotions with business. Your emotions are, I really want, I really want the fans to see it. I feel badly for them. I really want them to see it. Yes. That, that, that's an emotional thing. Okay, guilty. Smart business, not you. I'm talking about Stan Kroenke. Great businessmen who make a lot of money. Great businessmen never, ever ever allowed their emotions to get in the way of being pragmatic about making a business decision. Is making, you make a business decision based on emotions, you will hurt yourself economically. Is making zero dollars from Comcast the past three years a sound business decision? He has other businesses to make up for it, I'm sure. So then why can't he accept the what he can get from Comcast as a gesture and as a way to grow the product as a way to have the fans say, God, that, that Jokic is great. I'm just seeing him play. I'm seeing play. Seeing him play. I'm seeing Kale McCarthy play. I, okay, I'm, I'm seeing Nathan McKinnon play. I'm going to spin this another way. Who is the most competitive athlete you've ever covered? Michael Jordan. He's not as competitive as Stan Kroenke. He's not. Because Stan Kroenke is willing to lose millions of dollars. That's how competitive he is. He doesn't want to lose a business deal. I just don't. I honestly don't understand it. No, I know you don't understand it, and a lot of fans don't understand it. But that's how competitive he is. He doesn't want to lose a business deal. But he'd rather lose money than lose a business deal. Yep, that's why he's so competitive. Yep, that's how competitive he is. He's willing to lose. Now, granted, it's not like he's in the poorhouse. He has other businesses. He is willing to lose millions and millions of dollars because he doesn't want to lose. Uh, That that's not that's not even that's not Michael Jordan category. Michael Jordan is soft compared to Stan Kroenke <laughs> when it comes to being competitive because Michael Jordan wasn't losing anything. Kroenke is. He doesn't want to lose. Doesn't want to lose. But they need to change their condescending and insulting attitude about all of this when they put out a press release like this. How about a press when, when they say, tell them don't block, the, don't block your games. When they weren't blocking the games. They just hadn't reached a business agreement on, to have them shown on Comcast. Terry, how about the way they marketed this today, where you get an email, you click on it, it goes directly to the Comcast website, so you can complain to Xfinity about not having Comcast. Uh, I, that is pathetic and weak. I just, I just griped about it. They don't have MeTV anymore. Huh. No, they, they, I, they have MeTV. I know they got it back. I happened to, I was flipping channels. I happened to see it. I was watching up. I was watching somebody on the Ed Sullivan show. It was fantastic. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Coming up after the break, you love the Broncos, you love your football, would you like more football? Because you know what? There could be more professional football coming to Denver. We'll tell you about it next. 
just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Alex, are we going on a date? <laughs> oh, no. James Taylor played in town last night. So Did he? Yeah, he did. He was actually uh, in Denver, I believe. Denver or Boulder. I'm not sure which one. Okay. So, not that I need to get into this. So, I, I, I was in a fraternity in college. Were either of you guys in a fraternity? I was not. No. Uh, Nolan, no. Terry? No. Okay. So, you give paddles to your pledge brothers or your, your brothers. And when, let's just say if I met a girl, all right, and I was in the fraternity, my go-to was James Taylor. We had a fish tank. I mean, we had the whole thing going. So you've got a friend. Stars on the wall. Yeah, whatever it was, didn't matter. So one of my pledge brothers uh, put on my paddle, if JT is on, I won't knock. Which couldn't have been any more true. Uh, I cannot believe I actually have a James Taylor story, and this is one of the coolest moments of my career. I am sure you have moments of your career. Actually, I'm going to ask you. Give me the coolest moment of your career as a sports writer having nothing to do with sports. Riding in an elevator down at the Regency in Denver alone with Muhammad Ali. That's very cool. And having... Very small talk, and the door opens, and he go, he turns on. The right. door opened. People were standing outside, and he was Muhammad Ali when the door opened. Wow. He was a soft-spoken, very quiet, right, very intimate conversation in the elevator until the door is open. I can still see him becoming a glow-filled, smiled, right. smiling man right. when the door is open. Right. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. One, do you remember the floods in Kansas back in like 1992, 1993? Yes, I remember them. And okay. I, and I remember them because I was living in Topeka, Kansas, and I was sandbagging in so Silver, Silver Lake, Kansas, Kansas. No, I wasn't playing golf and taking people's money. I was sandbagging for people in Silver Lake, Kansas. So, as you might imagine, during the floods, and I was I was a sport weekend sports guy, but we all shot video back then. Um, so we weren't doing sports. So me and Ken Dudzik, he was a weekend guy at the NBC affiliate. We went out to the Air Force Base in Topeka, Kansas. Fort Riley was out near Manhattan. There was another Air Force Base near Topeka, and Bob Dole was the senator of Kansas at the time. And he was getting ready to go up in a Black Hawk helicopter to survey the damage. And I asked someone, hey, we're with K- I'm with KTKA, uh, the ABC affiliate. Is there any way we can go up in the Black Hawk and survey the damage and mm-hmm. put it on video? And they let us. So Bob Dole, me, and Ken, and, wow. a, and a representative all went up in a Black Hawk. And all we did was shoot video. I will tell you, it was a horizon line of water. It, and all you saw were the, the tops of the, of the houses. The reason why I asked you that question was, number two on that story, my, my, one, my second favorite moment being a sportscaster was at the, um, in the 2007 World Series, uh, I was on the field hours and hours and hours before the game. 
and James Taylor was doing the national anthem. And I was happened to be on the field at the time. And I stood there maybe 10 feet away just watching him warm up, do the national anthem, mm-hmm. practice. First of all, he is friggin' tall. James which, Taylor? Which I knew already. No, he's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, really? Six. I did not know that. He's a tall, lanky guy. But going back to the thing in college, which was if JT's on, I won't knock, to be standing that close to him. I think it was game one or game two of the World Series where he sang the national anthem. And I remember just standing there thinking, wow, that's James Taylor. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. It was. Did you tell him the story? I did not. I didn't get close enough to him. Uh, his entourage whisked him away. No, I wasn't going to walk up to him. But I thought I thought it was really cool. Yeah, James Taylor, I'm going to look up how tall he is because he's a really, if I had to guess, he's about 6'5". He's a, he's a tall man with a big arm. <laughs> well, I don't know if he has a big arm, but he certainly plays a great guitar. Uh, James Taylor, let's see how tall. He's got to be at least 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I would think he is. I don't know why they would even show in his Wikipedia page. You, you think Vance likes James Taylor? Uh, I know I know he really liked Paxton Lynch. Um, so how tall is this great radio? Do we have any um, Jeopardy music or anything like that? We can we can kick up. How tall is he's six foot three? Six foot three. Three. But he looks taller because he's so stinking thin. Mm-hmm. Any other moments of your career, which you've been doing this long. I've been doing this for 30 years. You've been doing this for easily. Wait, if I've been doing this for 30 years, you've been doing this for at least 45 years. It was 1977 when I got out of right. college at CU. And I started, but I had been doing it part-time in college before that. Right. As was I. I was doing it part-time in college too. But I started in 90. So you have 13 years, so you're 43 years. My other moment is sitting in the sitting in the press box at Candlestick Park, mm-hmm. uh, w- waiting for Game Three oh, of no. the 1989 oh, World Series to wow. start, and the sta- wow. the earth moved under our feet. Wow. That's a Carol King song. What did you do? Uh, I wrote an entire. I wrote several. You stories. just sat there. No, I we get the hell out of there. We ended up going back to downtown San Francisco that night, staying in a, the Park 55 Hotel. And I wrote about that night, whether writing a column on my lap with yeah. a portable computer at the right. time, right. getting getting it sent back over the line. The last line of the column was, if you're reading this, the phone worked. Gotcha. And ended up staying there for several days writing about the San Francisco recovery after the earthquake and, and writing about so much more than sports. So that was the moment, though, was when the earth moved. Uh, by the way, uh, Nolan and I, we were having a conversation because he claims to be an amateur historian on Albert Pujols. And I said to him, two outs, bottom of the ninth inning, runners on second and third. And he's a big Cardinals fan. I said, who do you want hitting, Albert Pujols or Stan Musial? Nolan, you're about to get your answer in the break. In the break. With that, what do we have coming up after the break? Uh, in coming up in just you in right case there? you missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got all teary-eyed over JT? No. <laughs> I won't knock. No, it's, it's all good. Uh, so where did, where did the media pick Colorado State football to finish in the Mountain Division this fall? And a unique concept was on display in last night's Midsummer Classic. Uh, that's all next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Thank you. 
sweet. Living in this big blue world with my head up and down. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, at the Mountain West Media Days in Las Vegas, the media poll picked Colorado State to finish fourth in the six-team Mountain Division. Is this too high? Is this too low? Or, frankly, does anyone care? I think it's too low. Uh, I think they'll finish first or second in the division. And I realize that's going out on a limb. But Jay Norvell has that program going in the right direction. Brought many of his best players with him from Nevada. They'll be exciting to watch. He's also really kind of installed a atti- new attitude up there after the disaster under Steve Adazio. And his main point of his main point is accountability. He's really Steve Adazio. Steve Adazio tried to create the impression he was a paragon of discipline when, in fact, it was almost the exact opposite. I I, w- I don't know if it's too high or too low. You have a new head coach, a lot of new players. I, to your point, Terry, I think they have the potential to be a very good team at least a couple of years down the road. I have a lot of confidence in what Norvell's doing. And do I care? I do care. I'm going to watch that team because I've gotten to know uh, Norvell a little bit, and I really like him, and I think he's going to be a fantastic coach. They got really, really lucky that he was accepting of a what amounts to a parallel move, and this is where CSU uh, reaped the benefits of having a major investment in the new stadium and facility because he, he was convinced that there was a step up from Nevada in the same league. My concern is he feels he has more steps that he wants to take that this will not be his last stop. I, I agree with that. It probably won't be. He, I don't think but, he's going to be a Sonny Lubin. But if anybody uses it as, as a stepping stone in, in the current age, it usually means you've done well enough that mm-hmm. you, you're, you've been you've been moved the program forward. And as when Jim McElwain left, uh, they didn't necessarily have to stop moving forward. Mike Bobo was not did not have much success up there, but he did a decent job for a short period of time. Jay Norvell, if he's here more than four or five years, I'll be stunned. He'll be at a Power 5 school sooner than later. Yeah, when he was on shortly after he was hired, that was a terrific interview you guys did with him. And and I did an event for the Boys and Girls Club of Larimer County, and he was the keynote speaker, and I was the auctioneer, and he and I spent some time together. Nice guy, impressive guy, inspirational guy, recruits well, great coach. NFL background. He's he's the real deal, man. He really is. Just in case you missed it, in the All-Star game last night, a few pitchers were mic'd up while on the mound pitching, and in one case, the pitcher and the catcher were mic'd up at the same time. It provided some unique perspectives to the audience. The answer is uh, yes. Yeah, did you guys like this concept, and would you want to see more of it in future games? 
I wouldn't want to see it all the time because it would get old. But as as an occasional breaking of the monotony, yes, I'm all for it. I don't understand why this hasn't been done in the past. Um, you have a real opportunity to make television special if you are creative and you think out of the box. That is being creative. That is thinking out of the box. Why not mic up a manager for an entire game? Why not mic up an umpire? You can mic up different players and, and 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 put that stuff in there. And you know what you do? You put it in there and you put you put the game on a delay. And if they swear, you can bleep it out. You can find a fascinating find an outgoing, interesting catcher. Mic him up because he he'll be talking to the umpire. Yep. Saying I got to have that blue or whoever it is. Uh, he'll be talking to his pitcher. He'll be talking to everybody on the field. Think about this for a second. When you go to a game, you're as close to the game as you can be. When you're watching it on television, you might have better shots. You might have replays, but you're not in the game. Television has an opportunity to take you inside the game more than if you were in the ballpark. But that was an all-star game. an exceptional situation. Would you want to bring it into games that really matter? I would want to bring it into every game. I think all sports should do this because as a fan, you have the opportunity to go behind the scenes. I think it would be fascinating. I, I don't understand why any of the major sports don't do this more consistently. Hockey and mics if, players up. Right. Okay, but not with any consistency. Um, NFL Films has, has been doing this for 50-plus mm-hmm. years, but they only show it on NFL Films. <laughs> and that's what makes... Those videos, those, you know, programs, so interesting because you can hear what the players are going to say. What's one of the greatest, and I'm going to totally butcher it, what is one of the greatest lines in football history that you never would have heard if this guy wasn't mic'd up? Call in the National Guard, we are killing the Patriots. Shannon Sharp. Sharp. If he wasn't mic'd up, it's one of the most famous lines in NFL history. Was he actually mic'd up, or was it a parabolic mic that got him? It could have been a parabolic mic. But the point is, um, I think Mike Singletary once said something. I don't know. He had to have been mic'd up because I believe he was on the field. And he said, we're a bunch of crazed dogs. You know, (laughs) it takes you inside. It puts you on the field. I don't like it when when you can tell they're so conscious of being mic'd up. That it becomes a little bit strange. You don't put you don't mic up guys who are conscious of it. You put it you put it on guys who wouldn't mind being mic'd up. How entertaining would that be? Wouldn't it? Who would be the best Bronco for that? That's a great question. Um uh not uh, Wilson, uh, I think I think Judy might be good. They don't ha- now, if you said who would be the best on the Super Bowl team in 2015. I could throw a dart at a roster and find somebody. Mm-hmm. Derek Wolf would have been amazing. Vaughn would have been very good. Akib Talib would have been unbelievable. Chris Harris, he would have been fantastic. Same with Peyton Manning. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. Not Demarius, but Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. You could you could have gone through half that defense. Darian Stewart, he would not have been, I don't think, that good. Tom Jackson back in the old days. No question. It's all over, fat man. <laughs> now, he wasn't mic'd up for that, but... It's still a famous quote, but you have a chance to be inside the game. If you mic'd up players, I think less people would go to games. Really? Yep. Yeah. First of all, 
Uh, you don't have to pay all that money for a beer. You get all the replays you want to. And just as importantly, you get to hear what's going on. And I think there's that attitude now about a lot of people who don't go to games because it's better to watch at home on HDTV and everything. Else. I'd always I'd always rather watch a game at home. I would personally. I don't care what the sport is. I'd rather watch it at home. I love watching games at home. HD, I mean, HD changed everything, mm -hmm. specifically for hockey. Yeah. Specifically for hockey. I found it very frustrating when I was covering teams as a beat writer and writing the game stories, and you're having to write during the game to have it filed virtually instant, the game's over. Right. And you find yourself, whether it's Steve Moore and Todd Bertuzzi or a more, a more a typical game action, Right. You're 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 writing. You're not able to see it. Then I'm going home, and Helen says, "Did you see, see what that? so and so?" Did? And I said, right. uh, "No, no, I didn't." I, I have he heard he was watching it on TV. I have heard it's by accident, so I forgive them. But I have heard radio guys say on the call, "Did you see that?" <laughs> and I'm thinking, "No, I didn't." That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, all French wines, 750 milliliters. 15% off. Argonaut delivers to, uh, to the entire Denver metro area. If your order's over 100 bucks, or no problem. They're going to do it for free for you, which is actually kind of cool. Westwood has called them the best liquor store in Denver. Go check them out off of Colfax or order online, argonautliquor.com. Nolan, Alex, great job today. Same with you, Terry. Make it the best possible night you can. Hey.